You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. And I actually raised my hand and said, wait, isn't that God saying that we need to love ourself first in order to love our neighbor? And he said, no, it's a given that you love yourself. What Jesus is commanding us is to now live in a godly way, to consider others before we consider ourselves. And that's not just something God is saying, hey, do. That's something that God did. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Ben Kiowski. And we are here, of course, with Paulina De La Fuente, who I errantly did not mention was not with us for our last podcast. I apologize. Please don't hate me forever. It's all good. Here now. Okay, great. I'm glad that you're with us. Reconciliation. Awesome. Yeah, we're also, right now. We also have with us, of course, our Pastor Jose, who is the main speaker for this last week as well. He delivered a wonderful message on Sunday, mm-hmm. and we're going to chat with him. Yeah, so Jose, talking about loving your neighbor, it was a kind of a heavy week leading up mm-hmm. to Sunday, so yeah. kind of start by walking us through kind of your thought process as you prepared and ultimately delivered the message on Sunday. Well, like most people, I think I've been inundated with a lot of information, and information is changing very rapidly, mm-hmm. and so I was, as I was thinking about Sunday, uh, first, it was cool because uh, loving your neighbor was the subject that um, we chose long ago to discuss. Discuss this Sunday. Um, and B, I thought, what a cool message um, to really zero in on, on this parable and uh, in this time. Because I think when chaos happens, you, it's important to remember the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you feel nervous or, or whatever, just remember the why. Remember the, what, what is most important. And Jesus said, Love God and love your neighbor. Those are the two biggest things. So uh, as information is changing so rapidly, Immediately, I thought, well, let's hold on to this information that is the most powerful information that never mm-hmm. changes. So that was, that was kind of mm-hmm. what was going through my mind. That's good. And you kind of had three main points, this hope over fear, peace over anxiety, and oh, I skipped the second one, uh, sacrifice over selfishness. Uh, so let's start. I figured we just kind of go through each of those three and kind of unpack each one. So first one being uh, kind of hope over fear. You kind of touched on 2 Timothy 1, 6-7, and then Matthew 10, 28. Uh, and one constant theme you, you addressed was the fact that God is in control. He's mm-hmm. always in control. So I think right away as we seek to kind of apply this practically, regardless of what's going on amongst our world or our own lives, how do we remind, I'd love to ask everyone else here too, as far as how do we remind ourselves that God is in control? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, all scripture um, teaches us that, that he is and so going to the Bible as the source of our information and, and spending time in the Word, I think, is mm-hmm. um, more, more important now than ever. I yeah. said on Sunday, you know, we're doing the social distancing thing. It's important. It's wise. We need to do that. But this is really a season, I believe, of spiritual deepening and awakening. And yeah. so we do that. We do that uh, spending time in the Word. Um, that centralizes um, makes makes it clear what's what's most important Mm. Mm. what about anyone else want to share as far as that idea of god in control how do we remind ourselves of that amidst the uncertainty of life sure i agree wholeheartedly with jose that the word is really the way to do it because um our minds and everything that comes to us externally can generate all kinds of things that make us act and believe in in many ways that sometimes line up with what the Word tells us, but oftentimes not. 
And, um, uh, you know, when we're having a fear response to whatever the case may be, our current situation that we have going on or anything else in general, uh, to remind ourselves that our minds must be renewed mm-hmm. yeah. um, by the meditation and the taking in mm-hmm. of the Word of God. And there is no other way, and we have to trust the Holy Spirit and um, bring our minds and our intentions and our hearts under the instruction of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. um, through humility, regardless of what we think we know or um, what we assume to be real or not real. And we, we come under that in a true exercise of faith and trusting in God mm-hmm. that He is actually all the things that He says He is. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, we either you know believe that or not, and surely every person struggles with it differently in how to get there and allow our minds to be uh, realigned with the truth. Mm-hmm. But if God's really everything that He says He is, then He's one hundred percent in control, and He's one hundred percent omnipotent, and His peace is one hundred percent complete. And since we know that God is everything that He says that He is, we can turn to the truth of the Word and have our minds washed. By that, yeah, and recentered right. into what's real. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I think the the word and a specific part for me is um, Ecclesiastes, and that nothing is new under the sun. I think that really genuinely helps me remember that God's in control because it feels like in my lifetime, it feels so big, you know, and then even when we go beyond my and some of our generations, you know, and older, it's still so significant. And not to say that this isn't significant, but it helps me think like, first of all, humans have gone through situations that have felt full of fear and hopeless. And God has been with humans since the beginning through hard times and has been in, has shown that he's in control and he always has given hope. And to me, that's the phrase that I think of often that God's in control. So yeah. there's nothing new, you know, as new as it feels to me, God's not surprised or like in chaos or, you know, that's just me. And my response. Yeah. And he's with us. God is yeah. with us. Mm-hmm. He is the God that has left the throne to be with his creation, fallen creation, but he's come to rescue us back. And mm-hmm. that makes me feel, you know, comforted. Mm-hmm. I do that by, by the word and also in worship. I felt mm-hmm. that very powerfully on Sunday, being together. Ben, you led incredibly well mm-hmm. and incredibly, like with incredible power. Um, obviously from the Holy Spirit, but, but you ushered that so well. And um, <laughs> I almost... <laughs> coming up, I was like, I just want to worship. Yeah. And it was also a thing where like, all right, I'm going to get up there. Holy Spirit, take over because yeah. um, you need you need to be in control, not anybody else, not any other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. What you're saying, Paulina, what's your new saying? God, yeah. God's God or God will work it out. God makes, God it, makes, work. It, work. makes it work. God yes. makes it work. Yeah. God makes it work. Yeah. <laughs> I think two things. Uh, first being, in addition to the word, just even acknowledging kind of where we're at. I think of times in my life where 
I was doubting or just struggling to really grasp the concept that God was in control. And I think knowing first that God knows my heart and knows where I'm at. So not only acknowledging to him, but even to my community and those around me, just to be real and be like, hey, this is where I'm at. This is how I'm feeling. And then I think uh, another piece of that is going back and just thinking about the ways in which God has been been in control all mm-hmm. the years. I mean, I'm not that old, but like all the years uh, so far in my life yeah. and just the stories and those around me. I think even like Hebrews 11 does the same thing where yeah. it like walks through all of these people that had faith and just how God delivered may right. not have been this side of heaven, but just the way in which God... Uh, and so I think it, it's helpful to also just think back because we each are, have been able to see God work, um, even if you're just a brand new believer and just seeing ways in which God has come through. And so I think it's in those times where uh, definitely the word, but I think also he uses community and family and people around us just so that we can see, right. see him work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to add one thing to that because I did use that Matthew 10, 28 verse, mm-hmm. which says that we shouldn't fear uh, anyone that can kill our bodies. We should fear the one that can destroy our soul, which is God. And, and that enters into the concept of the fear of God, which we don't talk too often about. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it is so important now to realize that God is both. He is all powerful and mm-hmm. all full of grace and love, mm-hmm. but he's both. And in times like these, when I do feel uh, uh, uncertainty, I can hold on that the all-powerful God is with us. Mm-hmm. He's in control. He's in control. And growing up, for me, I feared God. And I mm-hmm. feared, um, you know, I knew my sin. But in, in the tradition that I grew up with, I felt that God was so far away. Right. And I didn't know that God was actually with me, that he wanted a relationship with me. I just thought that he wanted me to be good. Mm-hmm. And he wanted me to be better. And he wanted me to be perfect. Yeah. And um, now I realize, he, yeah, he, he wants us to be sanctified. He wants us to become more like Jesus. But he wants us to know that he's with us. Mm-hmm. And so that reminds me, he's in control. Yeah, that's good. Um, Jose, I'd also like to hear, what's the difference between the fear that causes us like anxiety, the fear that comes against us, the fear that... That, that, that wrecks our lives up and that, that, that leads us into to things that are, are not best for us, the, thing, the fear that's against us, and then the fear of God. Mm-hmm. Um, they're two different things. You touched on it Sunday briefly. More about that. Yeah, so fear of God would be more of a reverence and an awe, and it is a holy thing. <laughs> I don't, right. I, it'd be hard to... That's a good question. I don't know if I can necessarily put words to it, but I know that you know, that's the Holy Spirit. The fear of God is, is the Holy Spirit that comforts us, and it actually points us to hope, right. whereas fear in this world leads us to despair. Yeah. And so I would say if you do feel fear and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm fearing God because this happened to me or this is happening. How can God do this? I would say that that's not from God because that's not who God is. You know, God is not a God that provokes despair. Um, There is suffering in the world. There is brokenness, all of these things. But God is in the work of reconciling all things and he's making things new. So he's in the, hey, bad, I'm going to turn that into good somehow. Right. So I don't know if that answers. Um, no, that's, that's right on. Question. And it was just, you know, in general, people think about that. You know, I think about it. I read fear of God. What is, okay, don't fear, but fear, right? Yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> that's a weird sentence. Fear is that's not a, from God, but fear God. Yeah, it's a weird <laughs> sentence. And I think you answered it in an excellent way. Thanks for answering that. I wish people could hear me nodding my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be great. 
I testify that Ben is nodding. Let <laughs> 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 the record show. Taylor is now nodding. Yeah. Uh, second point you had was sacrifice over selfishness. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of uh, worldly practical examples of selfishness. There's a lot of uh, biblical examples of that, as well as examples of selflessness. So you mentioned in your uh, message about the parable of the Good Samaritan, or the story of the Samaritan, how kind of, what made you think of that as the one to kind of focus on and how does that apply uh, to having this idea of sacrifice over selfishness? Yeah, the parable was already set for this Sunday, so it kind of made that easy. <laughs> but again, I thought of fundamentals. What, what are the most important things? And, and Jesus was clear. This was the greatest commandment. And he plucked this out of uh, Leviticus, and then he plucked the Shema out of Deuteronomy, love God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength. Um, and so you have that to fall back on. What is God saying is most important? So um, loving our neighbor, especially now, is most important. And Mm. it's a given that we love ourselves. I asked uh, my seminary professor in person because he was kind of looking on beyond the love yourself. And I actually raised my hand and said, wait, isn't that God saying that we need to love ourselves first in order to love our neighbor? And he said, no, it's a given that you love yourself Humans are naturally wired Mm. to take care of themselves. What Jesus is commanding us is to now live in a godly way, to consider others before we consider ourselves. And that's not just something God is saying, hey, do. That's something that God did. That's Mm. the gospel. That's what Jesus came and did. He came came as a sacrifice. Um, It showed us how to live sacrificially, but also became the ultimate sacrifice. Um, And so... That's, that, that's what came to mind reading the parable. Uh, I, I saw a couple of other things, um, especially that, that are so relevant now. For example, both the priest and the Levite, the, the temple assistant, both of them saw the guy, and then they decided to walk around. So they had seen, and they decided that that wasn't going to disrupt their day. Mm-hmm. And the third guy, the Samaritan, he saw, and it says that he had compassion. Mm. And so something in him allowed him to, to, to have compassion and then, and then go there. And I would say that that's, that's what the church needs to be doing right now. We need mm. to be having mm-hmm. compassion and allow holy moments like that to disrupt our every day mm. rather than just continue to go um, mm. about our day as if, you know, we're the only people that we need to take care of. Mm. That's good. Peace over anxiety, kind of the last of the three here, um, and just how there's just this overwhelming sense of peace that doesn't always make sense when it comes to having the peace of God. So uh, I'd love to open this up to everyone else as well, but kind of when have you experienced kind of a moment of of peace from God that just doesn't make any sense? I'm going to have to think about that Mm. for just a little bit. Anybody have one? (laughs) I mean, yeah, I can ramble as long as you need me to. I, I mean, as, as always, I'm, 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 I'm good for a story. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, it's easy. Uh, a lot of people have heard the story, but I guess not everybody. But, yeah. um, you know, I spent several years, um, you know, sick and, and pretty close to death. And, um, man, I don't, not because I think in my own mind of my own persona, that I have some sort of great faith, but I think the peace of God was just on me, and it didn't make sense because I was in, I had, you know, uh, kidney issues, and I was in a place where, you know, many people are without hope and without peace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
if 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 you've ever known anybody that's been on dialysis, it's not a fun place to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's similar to like an uh, an infusion center with with people who have to have uh, chemotherapy. You know, it's not it's not like you know a super fun place most of the time, mm-hmm. and uh, you know there's a lot of um, despair and lack of hope there. And for some reason, I just had peace. It didn't mean I was without struggle or without pain or 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 even worry and fear at times, but. Man, the peace of God was just present, mm. always, and I felt settled, and I felt um, confident in the the Lord's ability to handle things in a way that would honor Him, and that would work out the best for me and my family. Mm. And um, um, I, it's again, we're telling I'm telling a story now about how I had peace that I can't explain, right. and I get to the point where I can't explain it. I That's can't right. explain. That's right. I can't. I can't point to, to to how it felt. I can't describe what the feeling is, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, but the peace, the peace was definitely there, and it's an overwhelming fe- feeling to have peace uh, in chaos and mm-hmm. peace in the face of death. As I said it super dramatically one time, you know, I I was able to stare death directly in the face and have no fear, mm-hmm. right? And there's no way to explain that other than just the supernatural peace of God that comes upon us through our living in the Holy Spirit and our relinquishing our pride and we're relinquishing our control to allow God to be the one who is the, is the actual sustainer of our life, mm-hmm. the one who does actually bring peace and, and, and comfort and security into our world. And how he does that, I don't know. And what it exactly feels like, it's nearly impossible to describe. But that was a time in my life, for sure, uh, that there was peace in the middle of, uh, you know, in some people's world, their worst nightmare. Right. You know, right. you know, medical issues that lead, that are chronic, that lead to mm-hmm. death. That's some people's biggest fear. Yeah. And, um, man. Mm. The peace is the peace is good to have, and I don't know how I got it, but it was there. <laughs> That's a good word. Man. Yeah, for me, it was uh, over Christmas break is the first one that comes to mind, and I was on a trip with my family. And long story short, my dad got really, really sick, and was I mean, they were ready to resuscitate him. It was bad, and I, my brother and I, were on the other side of the city. The details don't matter, except that I think what I realized because of that, you know, you feel chaos. And then, of course, I'm like, I need to get there as soon as possible. I need to do what I can, you know, even though obviously he was in the hands of doctors and people that know a lot more than I do. But you still or I still feel like I have something to control here, you know, or to help. And I think what I've realized through that is that it... And in other moments that I feel that, like where God gives peace that doesn't make sense, it's always when I finally let go and realize that God's in control. And until I get there, I usually don't experience God's peace because I'm trying to do it, you know? And for me on that trip and on a long, what felt like an eternity of a drive to the hospital, you know, it was like we... I just felt like it's one of those things. There's nothing I can do, and God just has to come through. And that's where, like, I've experienced God's peace. And it feels, I don't, I mean, it's obviously can't explain it either, but it all, the picture I get is like everything's just rattling, Mm -hmm. and then it just all stops, you know, and it's still internally. And what's interesting is I usually, like, it's not like the hard part was over. 
you know, you still have to walk through the hard thing. That's kind of how I feel about right now in this time. Like we're not done facing the stuff going on right now, but we, the peace makes us be able to take like strong, stable steps forward, you know? And for me, that's like where I can see I block God's peace by me being like, you know, caught up in like, this is what I can do and I'm in control. And then when I finally get to like, it's all on God and in him and I can't, add or take away from him, you know, then it's like I make a way for the peace to the peace of God to be on me. Yeah. I mean, I think similarly, I was thinking about Mary's talk uh, last week, just about the idea of surrendering and, and waiting and just how both of those things can be so hard for like a planner. And I'm definitely one of those. And so I've got like my plan A through Z in life. And so I remember uh, one moment in particular was uh, I was about to graduate. And so I was trying to think through kind of where I was going to live. Thankfully, I was blessed to have a job where I could work from wherever. So it was just a matter of kind of where did I want to kind of establish home base. And I had an idea of where that was. And, uh, And so I kept continually asking God, like, here, please help me, you know, please give me clarity. Please give me, you know, kind of what you want from me for this future. And yet I just had trouble hearing from him. I just didn't understand why. And yet this whole time behind my back, I was holding this kind of closed hand issue of like, I'm going to be living, uh, you know, where I want to live and kind of doing what I want to do. And mm-hmm. turns out like, uh, he's, uh-huh. he wanted to address that and deal with that. And so I think as soon as I got to a point of surrendering, I wish I could say that happened like overnight, but it was like several days and weeks of wrestling with God to the point where I was like, okay, uh, I'm kind of exhausted and can't, and just to a point of recognizing I can't do this on my own. And I think it was in that surrendering and Paulina, like you said, and all of us, like just the fact that we have that peace doesn't mean that the questions go away or the uncertainty goes away. In fact, based on me surrendering that and my ideas and my plans, I now had more questions Mm -hmm. and more uncertainty than I thought I had before. And yet in it, there was just this peace that I can't describe that, uh, it just really was in this way of being like, okay, God, this is yours and I'm yours and you've got me. And I think that, uh, it was just in that moment where I felt like, okay, again, I don't know what's coming up, but I know who's in control and it's not me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting, um, on my friend's bed after he had just passed away. He was, uh, 17 and I was with his mom right after that happened. And, I felt terrible. She felt, you know, I I can't even imagine how she Mm -hmm. felt, but God had given me a peace that I couldn't even explain. Uh, And I realized that that peace wasn't necessarily for me, even though I felt it, but it was for her as Mm -hmm. I sat there with her uh, during that time. And what I learned from there too is that Jesus does sorrow. Mm-hmm. Jesus is okay with our emo- with with mm-hmm. with whatever emotion comes comes to mind when Lazarus dies. Uh, he Jesus knows that he's going to resurrect him from the dead, mm-hmm. but he's still weeping yeah. because he sees um, Mary and he sees Martha and he sees all these other people uh, grieving. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so comforting: is that yes, God is a God of peace, but God is. Uh, a God who who loves us and is with us and and truly cares and and he's okay with whatever emotion no matter what happens. All right, so moving towards wrapping it all up, uh, you know we talked about the parable of the good Samaritan. You know something he said is is uh, you know the the priest and the the temple assistant they saw the guy yeah and they walked around. You know we do that a lot yeah. every day. Yeah. Uh, we we see the guy, we see the gal, and and we just kind of. We just kind of 
look the other way, pretend like we didn't see it, or we just pretend, we just look around to make sure that nobody else saw that we saw it, right. so then we can walk around without anybody knowing that we walked around. You know, all the mm-hmm. stuff we do to kind of yeah, walk around. There. But yeah. now it's, you know, especially what we're dealing with right now is, is, is a time, as you continue to say, Jose, mm-hmm. that we really need to love our neighbor, yeah. mm-hmm. and we really need to be looking toward our neighbor. So... To wrap it all up for us, for this version of the podcast, tell us some practical ways. How can we love our neighbor during this time and the things that we're facing right now? Yeah, it's go time. And I think uh, the church is a place where everyone is welcome, you know, no matter where you're at. And we are called to be his hands and feet. We're called to be light in the darkness. And so I think simple ways is even knocking on your neighbor's door or being outside. If I think Jesus strategically said, love your neighbor, because if everyone loved their neighbor, we would take care of everything. Everyone would have, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's strategic and it's outside of the walls of the church. So I think be aware of the needs around us. There's many needs that are happening right now. There's, those needs are going to change day by day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we are good neighbors and if the body of Christ called Cypress Creek Church actually shows up um, to their neighbor's house and says, hey, I'm here to help anything that you need. Just know that I'm here. I'm here to pray. Um, I'm here to meet any need and, and I'm here to respond. So those are the three things uh, that the, the three steps that Cypress is taking. We're praying. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but we're praying. We're asking for God's wisdom. We're asking for God's direction, his grace. We're preparing. Uh, we're preparing for all scenarios. And then we're, we're going to respond as a church. Mm-hmm. And that's meeting the needs um, of, of our city as well as equipping, as Ephesians 4 teaches us, the saints. And that is all of us. We are saints called to good works, to works of service. So I'm excited um, to have the opportunity to do that as a church. And I hope that we will see a lot of change um, in this season. And so I wanted to encourage all, if you do hear of a need, any need, you can email needs at cypresscreekchurch.com. That's needs at cypresscreekchurch.com. And we will do our best to be able to meet the needs of our city in this time. Also, if you have any prayer requests, know that you can always email prayer at cypresscreekchurch.com. It's time to love our neighbors. So let's go. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.